you thought different from that, where people, all people should be free, you know what you were considered? A radical. Howdy folks, this is the radical right version of the right angle, right? So anyway, how many, how many times can I say right before we even get started? I'm Alfonso Rachel, sitting in for Bill Whittle and with my buddies Steve Green and Scott Ott. Uh, guys, I saw this uh, article from, never mind where I saw it. Her name is Rachel Boyard. And uh, this is what she says, man. And, and, and I'm like, she's speaking my language, man. She's speaking my language. She says conservative values are under attack. Here's why it's time for Republicans to get radical. I was like, oh, man, I can dig it. So now my question, I guess I'm going to posit to, you know, the audience and I'm going to posit to y'all is, and, and I'm, Scott, I'm pretty sure you got the same question, is what do you mean when you say, you know, it's time to get radical? What exactly does that mean? And, and why now? Well, why weren't we doing that like a long time ago? And, you know, and I have this, I reckon I have the same question, you know, for, for Steve also. Um, and, and when it, when we say that it's time to get radical, um, it's, it's almost like, are, are you speaking? And I'm speaking of, uh, you know, of Rachel here. Are you speaking of like some sort of reclamation of the term? Uh, are you speaking in terms of like, this is a new approach that we're supposed to take? Uh, because those kind of things I have trouble with. I, I, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm like the black sheep, you know, uh, no, don't read into that, folks. I'm the black sheep when it comes to, to terms like this, because um, I have I have a pet peeve about the term, you know, radical. Um, when people use the term radical, they use it more so as a pejorative. And I think a lot of that is is followed by you know, the perceptions that people had in the 60s, how it got turned around then. Uh, people like Saul Alinsky. Uh, I don't follow I don't follow the narrative and the plan of what Saul Alinsky has done. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap of what he's what he's done in issuing this term radical and associating it with the left and associating it with something um that you're going to that you're going to do to upset the status quo for this particular agenda. And then also associating radicalism with Satan himself. And Satan was not a radical. Satan was a rebel. Um, Satan or even when we're talking about radicals in the United States, these people are not radicals. If you look at the Constitution, the Constitution describes exactly what these people are. And the Constitution calls them rebels repeatedly. Um, so my thing is, you know, when we talk about radicalism, um, what kind of, uh, radicalism could she be, you know, talking about? And, uh, just, just let me say this really, really quick, you know, with, with radicalism, when the term, when people use the term radicalism, like for me, I get more accused of, of trying to an argue a semantical point. It's like, Zoe, you're, you're arguing semantics when it comes radical and my, my position on it is dismissed. Yet I keep hearing people use this term radical as if it's supposed to have an effect. Like when they use it, it's okay and it has an effect. When I say it, it's just a form of semantics, but they say it as if it's supposed to have an effect. And I'm like saying, yeah, it absolutely has an effect. It really does, but it's not a good one. It's not gonna result the desired effect. It's actually going to worsen things. It's not the kind of language that is one of those things where it's like, uh, oh, it's just a simple little word. It's not that, it has a profound effect. So. What, Steve, where could she be coming from with this? And is she, you know, I know it sounds like my question sounds like all over the place. Um, but 
that's where I'm going to you to kind of help reel me in and kind of help bring some clarity to, to the situation. Uh, what could she be meaning by this? Um, well, let me let me tell you what I mean. And uh, by that, because I, based on what I've read, I think she is right or, or, or at least so close to the truth that let, let, let me tell you what what I think it would mean. Um, conservatism is when you have uh, experience, wisdom, uh, morality that is hard won and old and worth conserving because it's it's proven its worth is mm. proven to be good and and practical um and in american life we are still one of the most conservative peoples in the world uh more americans higher percentage of americans still go to church than any other western country you could name uh we're more charitable we're more optimistic uh, we're more liberty loving still not as much as we used to be, but these are trends that we can reverse with with the right incentives. Um, but when it comes to our institutions, and I don't just mean our, our government institutions, um, but our institutions, whether you're talking about government, whether you're talking about education, whether you're talking about the media, especially when you're talking about the media and entertainment, our institutions are thoroughly corrupt. Um, I don't know what's left to conserve there. Um now, I, I, stick a pin in that thought. I'll get, I'll get back to that in just a moment. The American Revolution in uh, 240 some odd years ago was an inherently conservative revolution. We sought to preserve our rights as Englishmen uh, from encroachments by the by the crown and by parliament that we had no say over. Um, but there were the seeds of a philosophical revolution planted in there, too, because what the founders started to realize was these weren't rights of Englishmen. These were rights of all men. And over the over the decades after we won our revolution, we came to realize uh, this, because of this philosophical revolution that the founders started, we started to realize that it's not just for uh, white men. It's it's for those 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 black men over there that have been in chains for 200 years. And and we also realized that the, these rights applied to women, too, who'd been kept down by the law uh, for, well, essentially for all of history. So we had a we were trying to conserve our rights as Englishmen. But it but we also started this this revolution in thought in the expansion of liberty to everybody. And that's a beautiful thing. No other nation in the world has, has ever done anything like it. And you compare that to the French Revolution, which was, hey, hey, nice baby, nice bathwater. Let's throw it all out and start at year one. And next thing you know, everybody's yeah. going to the guillotine. Um, so our institutions, to get back to that, have been so thoroughly corrupted by progressive progressivism, leftism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it. It's it's all the same thing that in order to take those institutions back, uh, we have to be radical in our actions. And I don't mean take it to the streets with firearms and you know, anything like that. But I'm talking <laughs> about we need to use the law. We need to use our influence to either take these institutions back or create new ones that are so beautiful and so strong and so liberty loving that the old ones, particularly the media and education, crumble away and blow off into dust like a vampire with a stick through its heart. Nice, man. And, and you hit you hit it on the head, Steve. It's it's the and the key word is is the law. The, the when we when we get down to uh radicalism and, and Scott, I'm I'm kind of you know, you know, seeing where you know we, we can go with this, uh especially from a, uh especially from a biblical standpoint. When we talk about the law, the first statement in the Ten Commandments 
which looks like a statement. It looks like a declaration, but it's actually, it is a law. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, the house of slavery. That's not just a, a statement that God makes to brag on himself about what he's done. It's a law. And the law is right there who brought you out of Egypt because the word Egypt itself or Egyptos in, in, in Greek means it's, it's referring to bondage. Now, some will say that, well, I don't see where it means that. Well, God just told you what it meant. Egypt, the house of slavery, the house of bondage. What God is saying is that it is against the law to oppress people. It is against the law to be oppressed. I am God. I am the truth. I am the truth that sets you free. That is the law. So that is ancient. That is an old law that stands the test of time today. So when people talk about, well, we need this radical new idea, they're half right. It is a radical idea. It is the root. It is rooted in the word of God that we are free and we are liberated. That, is, that freedom doesn't come from man. That freedom comes from him. So in that, when we talk about a radical idea, that's what we're staying rooted in. We're staying rooted and solid in that. Jesus himself, the one true radical, right? The most radical man to ever walk the earth, sea, and sky, the, 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 the author of our liberty, is the one that we stay rooted. Now, people think that, you know, when they think about, you know, Jesus, oh, he was a radical because he was all about feeding the poor and all that sort of stuff. No, he was a radical because he said that you are free to feed the poor with your own resources, not by some government edict. Whatever Jesus did, he did with his own resources. And I expect you to do the same. Yeah, that's a radical idea. It's not new. It's actually quite old. And Jesus was doing that. He's like the master of privatized healthcare. All right. So, <laughs> you know, that being Love said, it. you know, this, my, my, my friendly contention with what, you know, uh, Rachel is saying is like, I totally understand where she's coming from. I just don't like it that it's sold as a new idea. Let, let, let me read this from, from Lincoln himself. Lincoln says, but you say, he's talking to Democrats. He says that you say that you are conservative, eminently conservative, while we are, as the Democrats accuse us of being revolutionary, destructive, or something of the sort. What is conservatism? Is it not the adherence to the old and tried against the new and untried? We stick to contend for the identical old policy on the point of controversy. That sounds like radicalism, right? Which was adopted by our fathers who framed the government under which we live while you with one accord reject and scout and spit on that old policy and insist upon substituting something new, true. You uh, disagree among yourselves as to what that substitute shall be. You have considerable variety, a considerable variety of new propositions and plans, but you are unanimous in rejecting and denouncing the old policies of our fathers. Hence, grand old party. So if we, if we stick old school, we have a strong foundation to build new ideas on, but you gotta have that fixed and set foundation to be able to do that. So Scott, when we talk about being radical, I think part of the issue with conservative voters is a lot of times we're too individualistic to our own peril. And because of that, we want to define conservatism on our own terms. And when we do that, we end up with a platform that is built on sand. And we wonder why we have so many problems rather than understanding that if we're the party of standards, then there has to be a standard. Now, I call myself a Christian conservative. I'll call myself a Reagan conservative or a Goldwater conservative or a conservative based on the fallibilities of men or whatever they might have did. They're all fallible men. 
I go to the one perfect one who embodies what it is to be a conservative and to preserve our liberties indefinitely. That's what I base my conservatism on. So when we talk about being radical, what do you think, man? What, what would actually be radical and what do we need to base this new conservatism on? I would say just living the things that you say that you believe. And I think that's the distinction. Uh, sometimes I wonder whether a lot of us who were immediately attracted to the ideas of conservatism have uh, gotten caught up in kind of being library conservatives, uh, <laughs> where we just want to sit around and read about it and talk about it and maybe get together with little debating societies and criticize anybody who doesn't believe in it exactly the way we believe in it and never get out of the library. I think it was my youngest daughter who many years ago, when her age could still be numbered in the single digits, uh, one night said, um, Dad, they call it the Republican Party. Um, why do they call it a party? Nobody seems to be having fun. <laughs> and, um, and I think, you know, it, it's funny because it just seemed like we were surrounded by people who were always angry about the current state of the country who could only see the negative aspects of the current state of the country and who frankly let all of the liberty and freedom and opportunity and potential for prosperity just pass them by because they saw that uh, little speck of wood in somebody else's eye. Mm. And so they were constantly focused on that instead of getting out and, and doing what I call living the freedom embracing the ideology. You know, if you think somebody's going to try to stop you, well, why don't you get out there and give it a shot? You know, <laughs> like, you know, oh, we can't do anything. The government's going to blah, blah, blah. Forget about the government. The government wasn't established by the framers of the Constitution as a way to inhibit your pursuit of liberty. It was a way to stay out of the way of your pursuit of liberty. So why don't you behave as if that were true? Mm. Just get out there and act as if pursuit of liberty were still allowed and keep doing so until somebody stops you. And I don't mean to do it as some sort of exercise of protest where you're like, well, I'm going to go do something that I think will offend people and see if anybody tries to stop me. That's not what this is about. You know, why don't you get out there and and work with a sense of dignity? Why, you know, it's kind of to follow your analogy, uh, Zoe, it's like if you say you're a Christian, well, then why don't you get out there and live? Why don't you get out there and forgive? Why don't you get out there and serve and encourage and and uh, rejoice in everything, mm. the scripture says, yes. not just when things are going your way, but count it you know, joy to be uh, worthy of suffering for the sake of the gospel, for example. Well, if we, if all us uh, beleaguered conservatives are suffering so badly because of the control of the culture by powers beyond ours, um, why can't we find a way to rejoice? Because at the very least, we hold to something that is true. But I say, take it to the next level. It's not a debating point. It's a, a way of life. You know, if you're following Jesus, you're not out there moping along down the trail. You know, literally, the scripture says that uh, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. And people look, oh, this is my cross to bear. Mm. Jesus was going, wow, here it comes. Here it comes, the joy set before me. Yes, I'm going to have to endure this pain. Father, if there's any way to do it any other way, please let me escape this burden of taking the sin of the world on me. But 
not my will be done, yours. Why? Because it's for the joy set before him. And it's the same thing for the framers of this country. They established a system that would allow us to prosper if we're willing to act on our convictions. And if I would get radical with anything about Republicanism, it is start living it, start loving it, start embracing other people and drawing them close instead of repelling them. Find ways to to connect with people in, that are winsome and joyful and happy, and people will want to go to that party. Absolutely, man. And that 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 kind of stuff, that that what you're talking about would be seen as as radical today. And we're seeing that. It's radical to think that, yeah, a man is actually born a man and a woman is born a woman. It's radical to think that the fruits of your labor belong to you. Now you say those things, you're gonna get canceled, right? Those <laughs> are radical ideas. And you know what? You're absolutely right. Because they are rooted in something real. They are rooted in the laws of nature. They're rooted in the laws of God. Of course, it's radical. So, but we're seen as the ones who are, who are, are, are crazy, you know, today. And, um, you know, with this kind of stuff, even with Jesus, you know, do it all the way up to the cross. What he did may seem really radical. And it was. But here's the difference between actual radicalism and this pseudo radicalism that, 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 that the left are imposed with. What Jesus did, he, this, this was, he didn't take that to do to somebody else, right? He didn't, he wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna go nail you to a cross. Like, no, this, this is a burden that I'm gonna take on for you, right? I'm a servant. I serve you. That's a radical idea. Cause we live in a culture where people wanna be served. Oh, you got served. And they just, that's, that's the culture that we're in right now. People want to be served uh, debt forgiveness. They want to be served free health care. They want to be served for their, their whatever they feel entitled uh, to be paid for. You know, that's 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 adolescence, man. That's rebellion. That's rebellion and thinking that you're entitled to something that you're really not entitled to. Nothing radical about it. You know, so what we what we need to get back to is that radicalism that that, that Scott is talking about. And you know what's radical? Being sane. Having having a solid mind, having a sound mind, being rooted in truth, that's radical. Especially we're seeing that more and more nowadays. These people, they're not solid. They're not rooted. These people are nuts, right? They're rooted in a can of nuts. That's what that's where they are, if anything else. So, you know, folks, don't be careful. Be careful not to let the left control the language. Be careful to not assume that, well, this is what these words have come to mean now because we're watching these people shape the narrative and they're ensnaring us. You know, so these, these things, I wouldn't, I, the idea of the, a, a leftist being a radical is an insult to me because Jesus, the one true radical, then people, when they try to make Jesus out to be radical, well, he was, you know, he was a communist and he was a socialist. He was nothing of the sort, nothing of the sort. When we live in a history of people who always thought that there should be a ruling class and a slave class, that was just a natural idea. And if you thought different from that, where people, all people should be free, you know what you were considered? A radical, right? Not because it was some new idea, but because you're a radical who understands that this is an eternal, natural, God-authored law. It's rooted in that, folks. So I hope you guys might remember that. And I hope to see you guys again in the next right angle, after this edition of the Radical Right, Radical Right Angle, right? Bill Whittle will be back and you'll have Steve Green and Scott out with you. Hope that you guys work them share buttons and them like buttons and all that other good stuff. Pull all them levers and, and all that good stuff, man, right? Make sure you boogie on over to BillWhittle.com, become a subscriber supporter. Thank you guys for those of you who do, who are subscribed. We really appreciate that to keep the lights on here and keep us trucking. All right, y'all. Blessings. And we'll talk again soon.